Hi, I'm Mike, a working dad of two wee boys. And I'm Paul Campbell, also a working dad of two little lads. This is Balancing Dads, a podcast that assumes it's normal for working dads to be present in their kids' lives. Hi, Mike, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Paul. How are you? How's your week been? It's been good. It was Halloween. That's very exciting for most people, but not for us, because my little baby decided that he wanted to get a cold instead at Halloween and then not be able to breathe at nighttime. That's such uh, a shame. Yeah, it's, it's, they're good. I mean, to be fair, he's not been nearly as ill as the elder one was when he was like this sort of age. So Mm. kind of count our blessings. But uh, anyway, he, so on Halloween itself. What age um, is the little one again? Little one is four months now, I think. Oh. Um, mm. So there was Halloween itself, both, li- well, we bought some treats for trick or treaters to come around. Nice. Did you get like, many? Uh, not many, but oh. then we also, because things were tough with sleep, we also just like ate some of them <laughs> before anyone <laughs> came around. <laughs> and then right. when it was time for them to come around, uh, the four month old sleep had been bad enough that my wife went, straight to bed right. and then all the downstairs lights were off so mm. no one came to the house and mm. i had planned anyway to just because she was going straight to bed anyway to go out and watch terminator instead so oh, i saw the new terminator sounds terrible film. yeah yeah so it, it wasn't a great evening and terminator huh. wasn't as good as i wanted it to be either so that's really sad what treats did you did you have this is a really important question i think because I, I was looking at scott chacon your your old co-founder's twitter and he put a picture up of i guess it was his instagram of like full-size snickers bars and full-size mars bars and he said now that he is the the giver of treats he's now that family that all the kids want to go to but i'm not sure i'd be too happy with a full-size snickers bar but i guess it's better than a fun size right yeah i we went for a sort of fun size ish stuff like i don't know i i i am also probably in the scotch camp where i would happily just give the children enormous amounts of stuff the the thing i do think i will end up enforcing a little bit though i remember when i was younger and it might be a cultural difference it does seem that in the u.s perhaps before over here at least that the trick-or-treating becomes just treating and no no tricks are given um and it's just you go around to people's house and they give you food but in my day, something like the old man that I am, mm. I remember you had to do some sort of joke or okay. little dance or whatever mm. it may be in order to earn your treats. So I think I will be enforcing that and huh. then probably will get robbed for my snacks instead. Yeah. I had a great Halloween night. Halloween night when I was growing up was always for me very, very depressing because it was me at home, I guess as a late teenager, not necessarily as a kid. I loved it as a kid, dressing up and getting monkey nuts and mandarin oranges. (laughs) But later on, I I, I associated it with being really lonely because I was never allowed to go to the Halloween parties that the the other 14-year-olds were putting on. But this year's Halloween really made up for all that for me. It was wonderful Um, with a three-year-old dressed up as chase the rescue bot from rescue bots it was wonderful we got the costume on amazon which is totally lazy and i apologize to the world for not crafting it ourselves but it was (laughs) apart from the fact that 
the day before Halloween, he decided he didn't want to be Chase the Rescue Bot anymore. He wanted to be Windblade, the the woman uh, Transformer from Transformers Cyberverse. But apart from that, <laughs> we did manage to convince him that Chase the Rescue Bot. It was a wonderful little costume. I think it was basically just a generic superhero costume with Chase's coloring painted onto it and then like a Captain America mask, but worked perfectly as a, a Chase the Rescue Bot costume. And this little boy was so happy he was so excited he was so into it and wherever we've managed to find ourselves living in dublin trick-or-treating i mean trick-or-treating in dublin is a big thing but we we were in an apartment before when we last lived in dublin and nobody ever came and it was always a little bit sad because we would be prepared and this year we we did our rounds early but we still managed to catch plenty of houses we were like the first wave for most folks and people were just we just went to the houses that had decorations but there were plenty there we must have gone to 15 or 20 houses we filled up a big bag of snacks that we sort of treats i guess that we still have it was just it was just one everyone was so up for it every at every stop he just screamed at the top of his lungs happy halloween oh and then when people started coming, he was engaging them. He was set, he was going to meet people at the door and give them their little treats. Oh, it was just wonderful. That sounds Sorry. absolutely delightful. It was great. I was I was at the end of the evening. I was so happy. I put the iPad up against the door and played Halloween music as people came. Oh, it was just it was so nothing but everything at the same time. I do have a fantasy of some year creating like a Halloween grotto where you have to enter our house and you go through a tunnel into our living room where we've set up a, a witch's cavern and you get it there's like a photo shoot or something and we can print out prints instantly but i think speaking to what you're saying is like there should be something more it shouldn't the, the transaction of just kids coming to the door and getting sweets it's not that it's bad it's that it could be so much more well i mean i can't remember who i was talking to the other day who had kids coming around to their house and one of the kids was like, oh, yeah, I'll show you my, my trick. Like, it's funny, like, it was a wee girl, and she was like, oh, I'll show you my trick, because it's not very good. And she did, like, a double, like, backflip kind of thing. Like, mm. I, it was described to me as a, like a, a somersault, like a, what do you call it, cartwheel, but without your hands touching the ground. Um, and my friend wow. was, like, absolutely amazed and was like, yes, you've, you've earned enormous amounts of sweets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think her brother came along and was like, oh, yeah, my one's even better. And he basically just, like, did, like, a forward roll on the ground. Um, and yeah. it's like, you know, at least, at least there's an effort there. It's not, you know, yeah. we're not, we're not going to say you can't have sweets because your trick wasn't good enough. But, right. you know, bring, bring something to the party. Well, I have a question for you now. So, yes. so I guess you've, you didn't do the rant, so you didn't end up with this. But... You've got a two, three-year-old boy, and he he already has too much sugar. You now have a baking bowl full of chewits and jelly eyeballs and bags of Maltesers and skills. What do you do? Do you do you give them one of these things every day for two months because you have a giant stash of sweets? I, we I, we we don't know what to do. I, I just packed it onto a box and put it into a cupboard, and it's just been forgotten maybe for the last twenty four hours. But every day since, he has wanted something from his stash bowl. Do you think he would notice if you just started eating some of it? I'm not saying you just eat it all. That would be he would probably notice if you if you know the box is just empty, and it's Daddy's funny. A little it's bit funny you say that because we took him away a few weeks ago to a conference and. We bought we bought some stodgy sandwiches at the airport, and we got on the plane. And he he ate two thirds of his stam- his sandwich, and I had a really really bad thing. I think that gave me a bad belly the next day. But 
we got on the plane and Kira, my wife, passed me like a, maybe like a three inch square piece of ham roll. And she was like, I think you can eat. I don't think he wants it anymore. Um, so I, I gobbled it up instantly. By 20 minutes later, he was like, can I have my sandwich now? Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just saying, don't play with fire. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you need to be careful. So the the tricky one with us we have sometimes is, so our we have a dog and our dog hmm. is obviously not as easily reasoned with this is this is your food, Lucy, and this is not your food, Lucy. So our two and a bit year old often gets very upset when he's been told to keep his food on the table or whatever it is, and he, mm. he steps off the table for a second, and the dog will just take the food straight out. Oh, of his wow, hands. yeah. So what happens? <laughs> well, <laughs> tears, so, many tears. Well, yeah, tears, but sometimes just in indignation, and he. He asks if we can get it out and we try and explain that we can't get it out. Or my, my most recent one is just telling him that it will come out, but then it will be a poo. And you, do, do you want to eat the poo? And then he says, no. I, I don't know if this is good parenting, Mike. I'm not sure if it is either. You're asking I, your child if the child wants to eat poo. But I think, I feel like increasingly... I, I used to think that with all these things, I'd be kind of truthful and ensure that everything is, you know, that I explain everything mm. to him and stuff like that. And then the older he gets, the more you realize like, yeah, that's that's a lot harder <laughs> than sometimes just saying, like figuring out the thing that he can understand huh. rather than like explaining, trying to make him understand the truth, which he can't yeah. quite understand yet. It's true. Like, so... Our, uh, the outside of our house, an example of that is like pebble dashed. I don't know if that's a big thing. I, I certainly have never seen that in the US, but it's a thing huh. over here where you get like, you know, stone walled houses and then the outside's covered with like little stones, almost as if when it was, the cement was kind of setting, someone just like, you know, scattered them. It's, it's almost yeah. like frosting a, on a cupcake, but a on rough, a rough like plaster sprinklings, one. sprinklings of stones. So our eldest was sitting like pulling them off the house and i was like okay and i said don't do that and i i was struggling to reason with him why so in the end i just said if you take the the stones off the wall the house will fall down well that's that's pretty good yeah and it's it's the first like relatively major lie i've told him but it did the thing is it did immediately work. And he, he wasn't like frightened, but he was like, oh no, okay, well, hmm. like dad's preference for me to not pull the stones off. Yeah. Like that that's worth ignoring, but you know, I do want to have a home, so I better not fall down. Yeah. It. Kira does this too. I have a really, I, I'm still there with you. I have a really, really difficult time with, with telling lies. I just, uh, I can't really bring myself to do it. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll get there, but... Our little lad is a, a year older than yours, and the, the other day, yesterday, he had a really bad day in school. He, I dropped him off screaming. He didn't want to go in. He wanted to stay home with me. The teachers, Montessori teachers, reported that he had been answering back and not being quiet, and he'd been very disagreeable all day. And we, we were talking to him about it after school, and... He went in today and he was great, but while while I was talking to him last night, it, it sort of occurred to me, maybe there is a lesson here, and I, we were saying, you have 
great power to make people feel a certain way. I know you're only young, you're you're a three-year-old, but you you do have a lot of power to make people feel good. You get to choose whether to feel good or feel bad, and so you should think about that. And oh, do do you do you understand? And he he said yes. I mean, he's three and a half, so the jury's out on whether he did. But to me, it felt really important to at least contrive to teach him that lesson. Whereas my wife sort of thought that maybe telling him that he had that power may put it in his hands to abuse it because he doesn't fully understand it yet. Yeah, that's interesting. It's it's that balance that's tricky of how much they understand versus don't. But and the one I'm I'm still not at yet because he's just he'll be I guess yeah two and a half probably exactly this Christmas. But it's the one I've always sort of debated what I'm going to do with like Santa Claus is you know I don't really like the idea of lying and I know it's not you know it's get over yourself it's not it's not lying it's like pretend and stuff like that but then the other aspect is I'm I'm a sort of like notionally like sporadically religious person um and it's like well if you're gonna start saying if you're gonna start making up Santa Claus and the tooth fairy and stuff like that um even though for me in religion, you know, probably the, the vast majority of it is metaphor rather than historical fact. But still, you get you start to get muddied waters with all this stuff of like, what are you telling them is reality and what are you telling them is not reality? And the idea I like the most for Santa, which I've heard pe- from people before, is that feels like a happy middle ground. But again, you realize the closer you get to that age that this is not going to fly with a two and a half year old is that Santa is real, but Santa is a game effectively. So you don't, you would never fly if they said said to you is santa real or whatever then like you you effectively dodge the question rather than mm. insisting to them that oh some you know some other boy at my school or play school or whatever said that santa's not real and you don't go and mm. like double down on the lie to kind of try and somehow mm. preserve the magic but you can almost have like santa's real in the same way that like you know our our duvet cover over the sofa is a den Really, I, you know, I feel like it's, it's overthinking it a little bit. Well, quite yes, it, it, it almost certainly is overthinking like it. That's something our, I'm regularly accused of. Our little fella, he'll watch Naughty before breakfast in the morning, and we'll go down the stairs, and he'll be Naughty, and I'll be Naughty's car. The next day, he'll watch True in the Rainbow Kingdom. He'll be Z, and I'll be True. Or mammy will, or I'll be Cumulo and mammy will be too. Whatever it is, he'll watch Transformers and he goes down the stairs. He's Optimus and I'm Bumblebee. That that's a wonderful little world to be in. It's imagination is like the the. the I don't even know what a, how a three year old perceives reality, but it's not it's not in any way rational. <laughs> oh yeah, and and I guess that's what I mean. Is it's yeah. almost like as as they get older and it's not so much a two and a half or a three-year-old thing but i guess as they get older right the school of thought i had heard that i kind of liked is that you make sure that santa is in the in the naughty transformers yeah like bubble rather than in the you know in that yeah. it's it's not that you say santa's not real but it's just that you know santa is the game we play every christmas i do i do um, relate to that thought process and for me it was actually going back a little bit more toward the spiritual side of things to me that santa represents the spirit that we want to convey at yeah. christmas time not a yeah. specific spirit but this 
representation of the spirit of joy and giving. Um, yeah, it's certainly not the, I mean, there's, there are dark dark sides to Christmas that we probably shouldn't get into. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should. Maybe we should dedicate a whole episode to the dark side of Christmas because, oh, yeah, we could talk about that. But that, that's how I deal with it. Is that the Santa is a representation of the spirit in the, in the sense, I guess, the, in, the, in the Christmas carol, literal sense, the, the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, future. Santa is the spirit of Christmas. And to me, that's perfect. St. Nicholas, the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, I agree. I, I would say that Santa is the spirit of the Coca-Cola company. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, so but that, I, that's one of those classic ones that blew my mind. Learning that, yeah, uh, was, how much of the I think it's the the red Santa is I think that mm. that does come from Coca Cola rather it, than it, like well, certain I mean, cultural manifestations of of Santa. The um, number of things under whose thumb we are in modern society that were invented by marketers is not insignificant. It's, it's, it, it's, I mean, it's not scary because you can opt into it and, or you could, but it's, it's, it's present. Well, and I think that relates to kids as well in that, again, the way TV watching is nowadays compared mm. to when I was a kid. Certainly over here, we have the BBC and CBBS and stuff like that, such that, and I mean, even, you know, if if there's kids stuff that's on Netflix, not that he kind of watches that most of the time, or Prime, there's essentially no advertising. You know, at, at mm. most advertising, you might get a sneaky trailer for some other show that kind of makes it in there. Which is um, unequivocally I, a positive thing. I, oh, no, I, I think that's a, a wonderful thing, personally. Yeah. Um, I, and it's just, we were at the cinema the other week, as I mentioned, and it it was funny because... There was some advert for some, I don't know, like kids' junk food thing. And I thought to myself, like, huh, this is quite possibly the first advert he has oh, ever wow. seen. Yeah. On on TV at least. Like obviously yeah. he's you don't walked watch, past a you know you don't watch Nickelodeon or whatever. The the, no. the kids' TV shows are are cesspits for for advertising <laughs> between between episodes of Peppa or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting because it's funny because there's certain things that I've always been a little bit ideological about and, and advertising is one of them. Mm. Um, and I think, the th- as you said, almost, you know, kind of marketer's influence on your life. And that's not to say that that's good or bad, but my my personal viewpoint has been, you know, I like to buy things. I don't mm. mind advertising, but I don't like certain types. And with kids being so much more, I guess, directly marketed to with kind of some kids' programs and the fact that they are, I feel like, less... Certainly, I mean, when you're when you're in preschool, you know, you're, you're not able to rationalize as a three or four year old sure. that this but is someone else trying to get, make very, you buy something you don't need. It's you know? very difficult to rationalize as a grown up too, because, for example, um, our little lad loves Transformers. He loves, to a lesser extent, Paw Patrol. Um, these are shows that were invented by toy companies. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Invented. I, I heard a great story way. about about He Man the other day, where He Man, the cartoon or the toy line was was being created to, and it was going up against Star Wars. And something, something. The story goes that the the, the people selling He Man to the toy company went in and on to get the deal over the line. They basically said, "Oh yeah," and there's a there's a cartoon as well. And the executives loved that, and they they bought the toy line. And the people walked out of the room like, "Oh." Now we need to make a cartoon. And that was how the He-Man, which is the, the most ridiculous name for anything ever. It's like He-Man. 
<laughs> but anyway, that is aside, that, that, that these things are created by toy companies, shows, but shows whose mythology and story and characters are, are really great things. Yeah. They, and, and that's where this stuff to me isn't so much, you know, it's again, without getting too deep, it, it feels a little bit like the, you know, the glorious Renaissance paintings that were done by like terrible humans, you know, it's, it's kind of separating the art from mm. the intent, but I guess you do see that with some stuff. It's like, how much, how much does the show feel like a delivery mechanism for the advertising? Right. And sometimes it does feel yeah. like it's a bit on the gratuitous side. And then and other it, times it does feel yeah. like it's, you know, it, it's somewhat separate. On the other hand, you have the likes of the net of Netflix made for Netflix shows like, our current favorite, which is true in the Rainbow Kingdom. It's about a, a little girl who gets three wishes every episode to solve problems in, in the Rainbow Kingdom. It's it's wonderful. They they didn't have a toy line for the past two years, and I think now they've got a range of plush dolls, which I really want to get, but they're not available in the UK, so I'm going to have to get them imported on Amazon.com or whatever. But uh, there's something very satisfying about a a... a a character and a story that's created independent of toys. But on the other hand, I went looking for the toys because I wanted them to have them. So I, I don't think there's any easy way out of this. Like, I love toys. <laughs> kids love toys. And I love cartoons and kids love cartoons. So in, you're, you're, you're going to, when you, when you find such a perfect intersection of commercial interest and willingness to buy, it, it you, you can't really help but collide. You just hope that people are doing it in in a non-cynical way. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like, at the end of the day, that's kind of the type of advertising I don't really mind. The, my child is watching a, say, Hey Dougie, or whatever it may be, and therefore he now is more likely to want a Hey Dougie pencil case or... Um, Hey Dougie toy or whatever it may be. I think it's the the stuff I struggle with is almost like my child is watching Hey Dougie and now there's like uh, an advert for chocolate cake and yeah. my son didn't know what chocolate cake right. was until now and now he wants a chocolate cake even though he or, doesn't know what it is. You know? Or some line of toys that's just cheap plastic crap that you just you're gonna buy because it was advertised and then it's never gonna get touched or it's gonna break on the yeah. first use or whatever. Yeah, but the the first part is the, 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 what you described there was the the Hey Dougie uh, pencil case that that it's Hey Dougie does the marketing there. There's no there are no ads for. Yeah, typically for cross-promoted items. Yeah, it's tricky. It's so tricky. The other angle on this on marketing is this gray area of YouTube toy unboxing videos where the it, it just looks like kids or even grown-ups playing with toys, whereas in the background there's a, this like a YouTube outreach campaign being done by marketers and sending yep. free toys and per perpetuating this idea that it's okay to have every single item in an entire collection of a toy set hashtag transformers um and, and i don't know how to deal with that i mean we we have a large collection of transformers not necessarily because of youtube but because they're just really cool toys <laughs> but yeah it's it i don't know if it should be seen as normal yeah i think that's that's kind of tricky and i i think it's in some ways it's, it's easier when your kids are at the age that you can feasibly control everything that they they see. Right. Um, and obviously you get to a point at the other end of the spectrum when they're teenagers where I would I would kind of hope, to be honest, like particularly older teenagers that you effectively let them do what they want because 
Like if you don't, if you restrict them too much, they're going to just find a way around you because they're smart enough by that stage. But I, I guess the the tricky balance is what you what you do in the in between where it feels like yeah. it's appropriate for them to be able to go on YouTube, but yeah. you maybe don't want certain types of content to be. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, I don't know. The, the, at, at some point, I remember uh, as a teenager and later, <laughs> it was always like at some point in the future. I hope I will have sex. And at some point in the future, I'm going to die. And at some point in the future, I'm going to own a car or own a house. And that was just stuff that was very far in the future, including the first one. <laughs> and, and right now for me, it's like at some point in the future, and it's 10 years, <laughs> I'm going to be the father of a teenager. And I'm like, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> class in those things that are, they're just in the future and I will deal with it when I deal with it. It's not, it's not something I think of as an objective reality just yet. See, it's uh, funny because I actually kind of look forward to that. I used to do like, I know I'm, I seem to be the only parent who does actually, including parents of teenagers. But I did, uh, when we lived in the previous town we were in in Dundee, I did some sort of like, uh, I was kind of involved with like a youth project thing for teenagers. And I, I actually, I've kind of done a reasonable amount of youth stuff with teenagers over the years. And I don't know, I really enjoy it. I think like, oh, because you're in for such punishment oh i'm sure no matter sure. no matter the no matter how good the intent or the presentation of somebody's parent they're always going to trust somebody else better oh and for sure i mean that, i think i i think it, that's the thing though that i i guess i just realized that there's there, there will be a so i i guess one of the reasons i think it might not bother me quite as much is because i'm quite good at work at being the person who says the thing that makes them unpopular because it's the right thing to do and i guess I, i'm generally like eh, it's the right thing to do i'm gonna say it i know you're all gonna hate me for it but oh well and i feel like that that that's, in a nutshell is like uh, having a teenager let's check in the, back like, in 15 years folks. oh no I'm, oh for sure I'm, I'm still looking forward to it though i can be completely wrong and misguided about it but uh, I'm, I'm still yeah. looking forward to it I, yeah oh wow the, the, the I've heard age three being referred to as the three major years. Yeah, so I guess I've heard this that is your all. this is your practice, and it really is. It's it's oh the ability for of a three year old to chat back and just strike you in ways that you didn't think that you could, we were vulnerable is oh yeah. It's funny how quickly. I mean, my my eldest isn't quite three yet, but mm. he, even at this age, some of the stuff he says, and you realize like. It just goes away really quickly. So, for example, I he's got into a little habit of I go and get him up first thing in the morning, and I go and go into his room, and the first thing he says to me is like, "Go away, daddy. Where's mommy?" <laughs> and and the thing is, like, you know, you could get upset by that, but then if I just kind of ignore it and just start talking to him, hundred percent, like, look at that sheep or cow or whatever, and he'll just start talking yeah. away about the yeah. the sheep or the cow or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Like, you you just need to try your hardest to not let the things they say get to you because i guess the other thing i realized recently is that sometimes when they're saying stuff you can be thrown by it because it makes sense to you but because they maybe don't know tenses and they don't you know basically like it is interpreted in your brain in a certain way but that's not sure. necessarily the way they actually are meaning to say it or process it because I guess again, before they can say future or yeah. past tenses, they might mean I don't want something of course. in five minutes or I don't want something five minutes ago, but they or will even say, I don't want it now. not you, daddy. It's it's like not you in this five second period. And then yeah, you say, yeah. Okay, you leave the room and then like two minutes later, Daddy 
<laughs> or, or even I don't want to get up right now. You right. know, that, that could well be what that yeah. means is that, you know, actually I, I was happy sitting here in the dark, kind of still snoozing a little bit. One thing that really bothered me with other people's kids was they used to come up to me and say, you're poo poo or <laughs> I'll break you or really, really offensive stuff that made me feel terrible about myself. And I pledged that when I became a dad that I would figure out, I would practice different ways of of dealing with it. And uh, the other day in Montessori school, like I was surrounded by a crowd of, of kids and they, they, they started on me. Um, literally, <laughs> and they they were just like everything. You're Mister Poo Poo. You're Mister Silly Head. And instead of getting offended, I was like, "Oh, that that's interesting. That's a that's a good one." But can you think of anything else to call me? <laughs> and so I ended up the I ended up like getting them to try and think of all these different names. And some of them were sweet. Some of them were like Mister Smart or Mister Clever. And some of them were a bit silly. And some, but it was interesting because I was. It, it's the kids are are so you can disarm a child with. The right approach and i feel like that's where we're that's why you were kind of going there is that it's oh it's, for sure they don't know the power they wield and they don't know the effect they're having and really i i mean i have heard and i think i'm definitely by like kids want to be told what to do and they want to be felt that they're they're being loved and the the, the in in my kids world the sort of the strongest manifestation of that love is their their mammy as you've referred to because i mean just naturally she gives so much affection i, I give us affection as much as i can i try to be over affectionate but that's still not all that much for me um and and that's what i think that's what it comes down to it's like where they see that they're being given an order or a thing to do or a kind of a, a path to tread and that they know that they're safe and loved that's kind of all that matters Oh yeah, I completely agree. And and that's the funny thing, I guess, is that teenagers, that's why to jump back to them again, like that's I think why people find them hard because they look like adults, basically. And and hmm. you expect them to treat you like adults. Right. But as a result, like a lot basically like everything you just said there is still true for a sixteen year old who kind of is grumpy at you or swears at you or whatever. Like yeah. they still have the same the same type of things. And I guess the you know, the the kind of young people I was kind of working with back there previously, again, a lot of them, you, you realize pretty quickly the reason why they push the boundaries and they, mm. they push the boundaries most with the people who they kind of like the most mm. because they, a lot sometimes with some of them, they, they have parents who, or guardians or whoever, like the adults in their life who either have very inconsistent boundaries or don't have boundaries at all. Hmm. And they, they basically want, to, or like when they push the boundaries, lash out with violence or withholding love or whatever it may be. And they sure. basically want to know that they can be kind of trusted that way. And you can sort of disarm them the same way. Like I, what, one that always sticks to mind, it's funny, there was one, um, there was a few things like that where I was kind of proud of myself for, for like de-escalating a, a situation. So one of them was one of the, kind of younger like young people there wanting some of the older ones to kind of buy them alcohol um and this was obviously frowned upon so hmm. we were um you know wondering like what do you do about this and how do you deal with it or whatever so what i did is i went in and i said okay I, I, i'll buy you the alcohol like if you give me the money i'll go and i'll buy you the alcohol hmm. and then they kept being like no you're not you're, you're jerking or whatever and i was like no i promise you if you give me the money i will go i will buy the alcohol straight away 
um, and I'll bring it back here. And they said, no, you won't, you won't. And I was like, I promise you. And then I was like, I promise you, I'll go there, I'll buy the alcohol, I'll bring it straight back here, I'll put it in a cupboard, and on your 18th birthday, I'll give it all to you. And it's funny, because like, I knew them well enough to know that like they actually found that quite amusing. And they kind of were annoyed that they found it a bit funny, but they mm. were like disarmed by it. And what kind of was previously sort of turning into a bit of a like, oh, you can't tell me what to do, became like a, you know, haha, like I sort yeah. of get the point. Um and yeah, and I don't know. I, I kind of think about that stuff with with our our three major um, yeah. to be about with stuff like that sometimes. Is that yeah, it's like sometimes they just want the kind of boundaries to be enforced and they want if if they find something a little bit upsetting, then just kind of disarming them with comedy is often more right. effective than just both parties getting more and more frustrated or upset or whatever. Yeah. I, I think like yeah, to a certain degree I'm looking forward to it. Just just exploring the logic of it all because yeah. I, I don't think that I'm necessarily going to be super strict but I am going to be reasonable and yeah. logic logic has a really bad habit of making sense <laughs> 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 which which isn't gonna it's not gonna jibe with a teenager's mind where nothing makes sense <laughs> but uh, that, that's kind of I'm hope, hope, hoping I, I don't I don't like unreasonableness in society I don't like rules where I can't see why they're being enforced. And I feel like if I provide that, well, then at least maybe there'll be some defense, but I'm not expecting to be met with a reasonable response. So we'll see how that pans out. Will we leave it at that? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks for listening to Balancing Dads. You can find us on Twitter at Balancing Dads and me at Mike McQuaid. You can find Paul on Twitter at PaulCA. Have a good week.